Today on the podcast, we take a time-traveling trip way back to the, well, let's call it 2003. Yeah, that's good. All right. We'll be right back. Hello, and welcome to the Talent Cast. I'm your host, James Ellis. We're here to talk about employer branding and talent acquisition, talent recruitment marketing at some fairly deep levels. We're not here to pitch books. We're not here to pitch software. This is a 100% pitch-free zone. We're here to go back to first principles and really think through what it's going to take for you to be better at employer brand and talent acquisition, for you to win the war for talent. Yes, that's a bad metaphor. Yes, people shouldn't say it. Yes, it's also my Twitter handle, so I can't help you. This will not be your standard podcast. This will be a little goofy, a little weird, a little bit of me. Hopefully, you're going to learn something from it. If you like it, please tell people. Uh, if you like it a lot, review us on iTunes and Google Play. Otherwise, you can hear, learn more about us or talk to us directly on Twitter, again, at the War for Talent, or just go to our website, thetalentcast.com. So that having been said, here's the show. Hey, James Ellis here. How you doing? Thanks for listening. So today, uh, yeah, the title of this thing is called The New SEO Battle. For those of you who don't remember, for a quick, brief uh, catching up for everybody, um, SEO means search engine optimization. Now, that simply means, and I, I promise to get to good, valuable information for those who know this stuff already, is that you work on your web pages such that spiders, bots, and other tools of the search engine community can read your website, learn and understand what its intention is, its relative value is, so that it can be indexed by search engines and then later appear in search results. So that is, if you are making a site about rubber duckies, and why wouldn't you, and one person links to you, one, that's one vote for you as a rubber ducky site. The question is, how does Google or any search engine know your rubber ducky site? Well, you say rubber ducky in your title. You say rubber ducky in your domain. You say rubber ducky in various different places on the web. Some of your pictures have something called alt tags or alternative tags that say rubber ducky. Um, people who link to you, the text in the link says rubber ducky. You're telling search engine using a variety of clues that this site is about rubber duckies. Not mallards, not uh, Ernie's best friend, is it Bert? No, Bert's best friend. No, it's Ernie's best friend. Sorry, rubber ducky, you're the one. Uh, it's not about that song. Maybe you're a purveyor, seller of rubber duckies, or maybe you're the world's greatest manufacturer of rubber duckies, or maybe you just have the world's greatest rubber ducky fan site. But you're about rubber duckies, not just ducks or mallards or I don't know any other types of ducks. That's how you know. That's how you tell the search engine or how you tell a machine what you're all about. Making sure that the search engine understands your intention is called search engine optimization. That is, making sure that those keywords are in the right places enough times that you're indicating to search engine spiders, i.e. Google, when let's be fair, that's pretty much the end of that list, um, what you're all about. And then Google decides, once it understands what you're all about, it ranks at relative importance based on um, two, literally 200 plus factors, none of which are strictly known directly because Google keeps that in a black box. But things like who links to you, what is the inherent domain authority of those who link to you, what is the text they link to you with, how often do they link to you, how often does your content change, how many times does your keyword show up in the in the result, blah, 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 blah. Way back in the early 2000s, once we all figured out that Google was becoming the front page of the web before Facebook tried to, you know, as being a, or the, uh, Facebook or really your mobile phone is taking that over. Um, 
Everybody played the game of SEO. How do I make sure that when someone types in X, my results show up first? That was the game. All the internet was about people, you know, there were studies thrown around about how 80% of all internet usage visits start with a search of some form or another, which may or may not be true. I've seen some very weird data. Um, but clearly search was important. People were using Google to find what they wanted. They were making the web a very transactional medium. And way back in 2003, 2004, before social media, before YouTube, before a lot of these amazing tools, that's really what it was good for. You know, you use the internet as a reference device to say, I need a recipe for chicken marsala. You go f type in chicken marsala recipe. You misspell recipe. Google's smart enough to say, ah, you meant recipe. This spelled this way. It provides you hundreds of responses ranked on what it thinks based on other people what the best or most useful recipe is. That's the internet. And of course, the internet has changed quite a bit since then. It's no longer just a reference tool. It's no longer just a quick look em up kind of thing. We live on the internet. We live on the internet. Frankly, if without the internet, so much of my job would be effectively rendered meaningless. I use Google Docs to do all my uh, writing, to capture all my information, to share information. Of course, there's email. Of course, there's, I don't know, this little thing called a podcast. There's websites that I develop and blogs and Twitter and Instagram and and, 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 and. It's so much stuff. It's about building relationships. It's about building content that people can use when they need to, but then validating the trust they have in that content. The internet is not 2003. And a couple years ago, maybe five or six years ago, SEO kind of became big for jobs because everybody started to realize, well, not everybody is going to the big job boards like CareerBuilder and Monster, and this was a while ago, so Monster was the big board at the time. Uh, Indeed was still somewhat nascent, still somewhat young, still figuring it out. Uh, but people were looking for jobs, and I remember there's a Wired article, I think it was, or maybe it was Fast Company that says, the future of jobs is not job boards, it's that um, when someone, you know, everybody keeps their resume on file and as people need people what they do is they go to a big resume database and that was really career builders kind of big thing right they had a, a resume database and as a recruiter you would say i need someone who really knows excel and they would go into the resume database type in excel maybe a couple of other keywords or functions like location and title and um i don't know whatever and they would find a, a whole list of people and based on that list it would start to contact those people and say hey would you be interested in a job and the idea of job was that job boards would just go away because the employer was, of course, in control of this process, and they would reach out when they needed to. They, so they wouldn't need to post jobs and beg people to apply. They would simply reach out to five or six people who already had those skills and pick one, right? Yeah, how'd that work out? Not so well. Um, so SEO was kind of a thing. Everybody realized when they're searching for jobs, they're not just searching for job boards, they're searching on Google. And frankly, the things that make a job description or a career site effective on Google tended to leak into career sites and our job boards rather. So for example, if I'm searching for a, I'm trying to be an, uh, I'm looking for a job for uh, an Excel expertise. I don't know why I'm on Excel today, but there you go. Um, I might go to Google or I might go to Indeed or I might go to any another of, of job boards. And when I search for Excel jobs in my location, it lists jobs. Now, obviously in Google, we worry about the fight over who gets put to the top first. It's, it wasn't always obvious that you also had to concern yourself with that on Indeed or any other job boards as to who gets listed first. And a lot of the tricks used by Google to decide this job ranks over that job or this page ranks over that page were also used by job boards in Indeed. Of course, also Indeed 
makes its living quite literally uh, by charging companies to put in, uh, its jobs at the top and promote those jobs. But really it was about how do you rank a job? If I'm looking for an Excel job in uh, Philadelphia, how do I know what gets ranked first or, or third or 500th? Those are some version of SEO. SEO is not Google specific, though because Google was the biggest search engine for a very, 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 very long time, it felt that way. In the end, search engine optimization also had, especially for jobs and career sites, had to do with job boards. And really what happened is over the last couple of years, SEO has played less and less and less of a role. People simply weren't going to Google to look for that nursing job or Excel job or cloud DevOps job. They didn't really do that. They went to the job boards. Indeed did a really good job kind of sewing up the market and saying, look, we're the number one job board. This is the only place you got to go. Oh, maybe simply hired, but we bought that up too. So you're really just going to Indeed, right? That's your only choice because we have all the jobs. And as we've talked about before, using networking effects, because it had all the jobs, it had all the job seekers. And because it had all the job seekers, it had all the jobs. Kind of cool how that works sometimes. And SEO kind of fell away. It really wasn't as important because companies would say, look, I don't have to relearn SEO skills. I'll just pay to make sure that when someone types in Excel and Philadelphia, I'm towards the top. I'll pay the money for that. And that was the game. That how is, has been how it's been for a while. Social media makes that a little more complicated and complex. And people post jobs on Twitter and Facebook. And, and you know, there's obviously an employer brand uh, uh, an employer brand model where that's a way of kind of getting and building attraction for jobs. But SEO kind of fell away. And I've had conversations with SEO experts in the job space to say, look, if you look at aggregated data, Google and non-job focused search engines are not driving a great deal of traffic. Maybe they were four, five, six years ago, but today they simply aren't. People aren't going to Google and searching for jobs. They know to go to job boards. They know to go to LinkedIn and Indeed and Glassdoor and et cetera. Now, of course, things have changed. You've all seen the news. You've all seen that Google has decided to stick its thumb into the process and say, hey, we're going to be a job board too. Um, and we're going to be a weird one. We're going to be an aggregating job board, kind of like Indeed, but not quite. Um, and suddenly, SEO is important. Why? Well, because all the things that made Google Google, i.e., it went out and scraped uh, websites and figured out what the intent of a page was about and how it ranked things and how it delivered that information in an incredibly clean user interface. All those things, those, those three big ideas, how do you index, how do you rank, and how do you present, those are the three pillars of what makes Google Google. The reason Google is worth a bajillion dollars, and that's a real number, I've looked it up, um, is because of those three things. Way back when Google started, when the, during the days of Alta Vista and Ask Jeeves and Hotbot and Dogpile and whatever, um, you know, websites were not about presenting great results. They were about being portals. You know, and, uh, Yahoo was all about how many different links can I stuff on a homepage? I mean, it got to be quite the little clown car of links and, and pieces of news tidbits. It was insane. It would take 30, 40 seconds to load, and Google came in and said, look, you're here to do a task, you're looking for a thing, I'm gonna help you find a thing the best way possible, and then I'm gonna get the heck out of your way. And when it kind of established its dominance in the search market, then it said, so we like to get paid, so maybe ads? Ads good? Yeah, we'll do, we'll do an, a thing called AdWords, we'll buy a little company, and we'll make AdWords, and that's a thing. And they won't be um, visually dominant, they won't be too obvious, we won't clutter up the page, but they will be, uh, they'll, they'll be there and you can pay for them. And 
to be fair, we're not going to let any fool buy any ad and put any ad against any keyword. We're actually going to give them a quality score so that when someone searches for rubber duckies, they're not being shown ads for, um, I don't know, adult incontinence tools just because someone paid the money for it. They'll say, look, that doesn't provide a good user experience for the, for the user, so we won't do that. Great. And so thus Google makes a bajillion dollars. Good for them. So now that they've entered the job community, we have to wonder, one, what the heck's going on? Because Google has never been great about revealing its intentions in its hands. It's, it leaks information nice and slow, even when it's presenting things publicly. It's not giving you a whole lot of information. For example, the number of conversations I've had about Google Jobs in which people had partial information has been pretty has a pretty high number. You know, everybody's talking about what they think it is or what it's supposed to be, and no one's really done the deep dive because Google hasn't released everything. But I'd like to take a moment to say, okay, let's talk about Google for jobs, and let's talk about Google as a company and how it's gone about things because I think the past tends to dictate the future. So, for example, right now, I've had three different companies, and I will not name them, pitch me in the last week. These are big, very, very big companies, big companies, telling me how great and strong a partnership they have with Google for Google for Jobs. And by listing my jobs with that particular company or that other company or that other company, they can guarantee inclusion into Google for Jobs. And based on some searching around, when I search jobs on Google, those are, and it says, hey, I'm searching for a company X and I look for jobs, and it says, here's a job for a project manager. And below it, it says via whatever. And it will say all the different places it can find jobs. And it's obvious, you know, you've got a lot of obvious candidates. You've got via LinkedIn and via Glassdoor and via CareerBuilder and via uh, all sorts of different places and lots of little places. Uh, from, for jobs I've looked at, I've seen things like from via the Wisconsin Job Network or PDN, which is a, a diversity network. Um, I've seen tiny, 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 tiny job boards being used and pushed out there. Now that makes a lot of sense because Google's not stupid by any stretch. I mean, they're complicated and messy creatures, certainly, but stupid. Not gonna, no, not gonna hang that hat on them. They've gone and they figured out the best way to jump forward in this space is to partner with the other big players. So they've gone to big players and say, "Look, we'll be. You can be part of your our alpha. You can learn what's going on. We'd like to learn more about how ATSs work. We'd like to learn more about how jobs are published online. We'd like to learn more about." Um, how people look for those jobs so that we can provide the best user experience and help people find jobs to aggregate all those jobs, which sounds a lot like what Indeed did, right? Which is why everybody's saying this is the death knell for Indeed. I'm not 100% sold on that. This is not that podcast. It was a previous podcast, actually. Um, but their idea is that Google is going to go find those jobs. They're going to get them from the big job networks and present them. So effectively... Google for Jobs is aggregating the aggregators, sort of. Some of those job boards, um, you have to pay, a lot of those job boards you have to pay to be on, to be included. Some of them you don't, but it's really going after the big fish, and then it's kind of swallowing up the little fish. Now, my theory is Google being Google, and remember way back to the three pillars of what makes Google Google, is that it figured out how to scrape the web, and it figured out how to rank the web, and it figured out how to present that information. Now, the website's pretty clean, so it's, I think it's doing that presentation stuff fine. Obviously, because the ranking algorithm is a black box, 
The ranking is questionable, and we'll talk about that in a second, but certainly, first and foremost, what Google had to get right in order to get the rest of that stuff to work was figure out how to scrape the web. And so 1998, I think, way back when, uh, is my math right? Yeah, my math right, 1997-98, when it first Google started becoming a thing. I remember li library students were like, wow, this is really kind of cool. Um, I'm, I'm double-checking my math in my head. Yeah, that seems right. Um, it was because they were presenting information and ranking it very well, but because they were scraping the internet. Back in the day, Google used to say uh, exactly how many websites and how many web pages it had indexed, and the number was insane. It was in the you know it was cracking a billion, which was fr frankly insane. It was it was an insane number of, of 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 pages it was scraping and indexing and trying to figure out what the intent of each one of those pages were. This is the pre machine learning, effectively, well at least machine learning as we know it today. Uh, proto-machine learning. So if that's true, if that's how Google started, what's to say Google of today says, well, we scraped the job, we, we partnered with some job boards and showed some information, I guess we're done. That doesn't sound like Google. Google, who has been slapped on the hand for scraping uh, Yelp reviews and posting that information on their own website, on maps and stuff to kind of get information, and they got their hand slapped. Um, Google's not known for keeping its hands for itself. It likes to go look at all the information. So which means Google's next phase is to begin to identify career sites around the world and scrape them directly. So that when you look for jobs at a company, yes, you'll see via LinkedIn and Glassdoor and CareerBuilder and Wisconsin Job Network, I guess, but you'll also see via company career site. And if that happens, why on earth do we need LinkedIn and Glassdoor and CareerBuilder and, 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 and? Why do we need those sites? Why do I as a company have to pay to put my jobs on those companies when I can do internal work myself making sure Google scrapes those jobs and presents them on the career board? Well, then the question becomes ranking. Google will have to say, okay, if we scraped 400 jobs from 30 different places, how do we rank them? And the question will be from, you know, and, and, and I put it to Google to be a little more clear about this, is to say, will you, over, will you rank jobs directly from the company over jobs from a other job board? I wonder if that makes sense for them. Remember, all things Google may or may not do well, presenting and providing a positive user experience is pretty high up on their list of things they kind of rock at. Um, they really do a good job. You know, and like I said, and I indicated when I talked about the ads, they wouldn't take just any old ad and put it near content and push it out to whoever paid the, mo the most. They said, look, if your ad doesn't jive with... Hey, uh, just interrupting myself for just a second, just to remind you that because this podcast has made me extraordinarily wealthy, there's really nothing you can do. You don't have to buy anything. You don't have to make any commercials or anything. You do not have to donate anything at all to keep this podcast going. Again, wealthy beyond my wildest dreams. Thank you all. I appreciate it. All you can do to help me make this podcast even better somehow is to review us on iTunes and Google Play and other places that you review and share podcast information. That's all you got to do. Leave some stars, leave a review, whatever you got to do. We really appreciate it. It's what keeps us going. Thanks to the people who've done it already, but keep them coming. We really do, like I said, we really do appreciate that. That's all I had to say. Again, I want to stop interrupting myself to bring you the amazing voices of me. Bye. 
what this person's searching for, it provides a weaker user experience, we won't do it. We won't take your money for that. So at some point, Google will have to say, maybe going to the source of jobs is a better way to provide a more complete user experience to the job seeker than scraping them off or pulling them off a feed from the big name job boards. At which point, you gotta short that stock, right? You gotta short all those companies' stock, assuming those companies are public, and I'm off the top of my head, I don't really remember. I don't think they are. Yeah, LinkedIn's owned by Microsoft, Glassdoor is not public, CareerBuilder just got bought. Yeah, companies like that, they're not necessarily public, so I guess you can't short the stock, there's no value in that. But this isn't that kind of show, is it? <laughs> The question is, is that if Google starts to grab jobs directly from the career site and publish them, do you need those companies? Okay, well, let's set that question aside for a second because the question then becomes something we have to investigate. Now, it's easy to say, to look at Google's past and say, okay, past, it dictates the future. But there is a difference between jobs and web pages. So a web page, if I launch a web page about a podcast, perhaps like this one, and I launch it, it can live for however long I pay the hosting fee, right? This website that hosts these podcasts has been up for almost a year now. If I keep paying the whatever a month or whatever year I have to pay for hosting, it will live forever and Google will index it and Google will know it's there. Now, over time, if I don't add podcasts and content, it will start to decay in the rankings. So that if you search the talentcast or search for the talentcast, I won't necessarily be in the first page. I might go to the second or third or 500th because I'm no longer as valuable. Google no longer thinks of me as a useful example. And that's fine, except your jobs don't live forever. A good rule of thumb for jobs is about those, those job descriptions and open recs last about 45 days, right? That's a good fair rule of thumb. That's a good heuristic. So if the pool of information that Google is indexing and using as search rankings changes that fast, and let's be fair, Google is many things, but instant and fast and perfect is not one of them. No matter how many monkeys and servers and keyboards and whatever you throw at this process, it takes time to scrape those sites, rank them and index them and all that good stuff. It doesn't turn around instantly. So consequently, there might be a lag in how it's presenting stuff. So Google might be showing jobs that don't exist anymore because they might have existed yesterday, last time Google indexed a site, but they're not there today. If you have a website and you play with Google, um, I used to call it Webmaster Tools, I think it's called Search Console now, um, you could see how often Google was actually swinging by your site to spider it, to index it, to crawl it all over and grab all the information, mostly to look for what's changed and to see if any new pages have been added. And it happens on average anywhere from once a month to once a week if you're active. Now, top, top, top sites, news sites, um, Buzzfeeds type things, those things get in indexed on a near hourly basis, right? But what happens again when the information has a half-life of about 45 days? Suddenly things get more complicated about your, how you're ranking stuff. You can push a job out today, and if Google doesn't see it till next week, you're gonna get not much in terms of response if you're leveraging Google primarily. But however, by paying a LinkedIn or a Glassdoor or a career builder or name a company, and I'm just picking those three because I know they do work with Google and I know those jobs do show up on Google for jobs. Maybe that's the reason you show up. Maybe they are the provider of that. But this is what makes things complicated is because it's now a new SEO battle. How do you outrank those companies who are being paid to deliver information to Google? 
Now there's some tricks you can do. You can add some tags to show things like location and some rankings and some salary data. Google seems to think that showing salary data or the indications I've gotten from people who know people who know people at Google are that showing salary data or providing a more complete user experience or providing a more complete job description uh, will help the rankings, which means the conversation of when do we become more transparent about salaries suddenly becomes another issue again. Not that it ever went away, but certainly it's going to become loud again because if that's how you rank on Google Jobs and if Google becomes a huge purveyor of traffic to your career site, suddenly it's going to be a race to see who can be most transparent. Suddenly the SEO is not about how do you fix a tag, but about how do you decide as a company to become more transparent about salary and benefits and pros and cons and perks and how do you connect that to locations. Suddenly the, the problems of the ATS become far more clear. So for example, in an ATS, you usually have a job description that's about the job. And when people apply, they connect that application to the job. It's not like a CRM or a, a customer relationship manager where it's customer focused. In an ATM, ATS, it's job focused. And when the job goes away, either the applicants kind of get dispositioned and they get they fall out, or I mean, or that you or you can manually select some and move them to a pool of people. But really, it's about once that job is over, thanks for playing, gotta go, bye. ATSs are not geared towards giving people a second chance. They're not geared towards keeping those leads warm. They're all about, did you fill that job? Good, we're done, next job. That's how an ATS thinks, even the modern ones. Not to mention, they're not very good at multi-location. So if you work for a fairly big company or Lord help you, a global company in which the rules are different country to country. Let's say you've got an office in Florida and an office in, in, in France. There's two Fs, sure, what the heck. Um, the legal requirements of what's in a job description or what can and can't be on a job description are going to be different. On top of which, very few companies offer global benefits packages, global perks. I mean, sure, maybe the 401k gets matched across the board, but the Florida office may get free coffee, the France office may not. So suddenly you can't say free coffee because France will go, we don't. But the ATS isn't geared that way. You're going to have to bake that into job by job. Remember, it's job focused. It's not location focused or person focused. It's job focused. So you can, what it wants to do is say, okay, tell me all about the company and I'll tack that information on. Except again, when you're a global company, those, that, those pieces of information may not be true from location to location or job to job. If you're hiring someone at an entry-level sales job and you're hiring someone for the director of marketing or director of product engineering, the perks might be different. But the ATS won't let you show that. So consequently, all of HR and recruiting has said what we got to do is not. <laughs> let's, let's not dip our toe into those messy waters. Let us not open the Pandora's box of that information. Let's continue to make job descriptions atrocious and boring and horrible and thin and useless until someone forces our hand. Have you met my friend Google? Because they're forcing your hand. This is the new SEO battle. It's not about moving tags. It's about understanding that Google is going to become, whether it kills Indeed or whether it kills LinkedIn or whether it kills anybody else, is immaterial. It's not connected to this. Google will become a force in this. They're simply too well known as a search tool for people to ignore it. It's not like some company yet another startup saying, hey, we have a great way of searching for jobs, as if that's the problem. Um, it's Google. 
It's used by bajillion people per day, per second, right? They're experts at search, whether it's searching a map or searching search results or searching for restaurants or searching for whatever. Now it's searching for jobs. They're the experts and everyone knows this. And so consequently, Google will start to play a huge role in job search. And what it's going to care about, whether it intends to or not, whether it thinks this is how it's, you know, it's, it's planning on changing the landscape on a, uh, a, on a you know, if, if that's its intent is to change the landscape or if that's just a byproduct of how it's bringing uh, search technology to bear, it's going to change the landscape. Suddenly it will be a conversation about how do we get more information out to the user? How do we become more transparent? How do we make it clear that the office in France looks like that and has these perks and this is why you do it? And by the way, in August, everybody takes off and that's cool. But in Florida, you get these perks. And on August, everybody goes to work except for a week when they go to Disneyland or something. Not being paid by Disneyland. Um, you know, but we do get you know, 21 days off or three days off or whatever the thing is. All the rules are different, right? Here are the global rules and here are the location rules and here are the job rules. And the ATSs aren't built for that. But Google is saying they better be. And ATSs who are known for their ability to be agile and change very quickly and update their technology on a dime, all these things are lies. That's where the problem's going to be. That's where the real issue is going to be. The ATS is going to be the black box, the bottleneck, really, of change, as it has always been, as based on a podcast two episodes ago about how I hate your apply button. The ATS is what's stopping progress, and Google has finally provided enough carrot to change and probably soon enough stick as suddenly your search traffic drops like a rock um, to change and to invest in change, and to look for ATSs who are willing to change and grow and, and move quickly. Google is changing the game. The SEO battle is about information, not about hacks and tricks and stuff like that. But the SEO battle is coming back, and it's a real thing. All right, so there's a podcast. There you go. Kaboom. Uh, just a little housekeeping. Let's see. Yep. Yeah, uh, no, nothing to talk about. No, everything's good. Uh, I am going to be at social, uh, social Recruiting Strategies Conference in, I want to say, February. Uh, details are coming soon, as I have them. Uh, and I'm going to be in Vegas in December speaking to a group of uh, interesting people. Uh, if you're in Vegas and you want to talk to me, holler. Uh, I think it's December 2nd and 3rd. Otherwise, I'm trying to make it on as many podcasts as I can to say hello to create smart people. And I have a super secret project coming up in which I talk to a lot of smart people about employer brand. You're going to want to know about this. As I am allowed to reveal details, I will. That's as much of a hint as I'm willing to give. Thanks for listening. As always, review the show. Come find me on Twitter at the War for Talent. Come find the website, uh, thetalentcast.com. Come find me on LinkedIn. Bug me, annoy me, ask me questions. Tell me you think I'm a moron. That's totally fine. It's totally fine. Uh, coffee's been great. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.